Welcome to the Burst Leadership Podcast, short conversations designed to help you grow into a healthier leader, one who knows God, loves others, and embraces life. Sometimes it'll be like chatting together over a cup of coffee, and sometimes we'll take a deeper dive. Let's get started. Welcome to today's Burst Leadership Podcast. I'm Brent Hoover, and this is part two on the area of biblical instruction. And we are talking about principle number 12, which says, the teaching of the Word of God was central in Jesus' method of building leaders, and it must be in ours. Let's continue in our training document, which is packed with 18 truths. And this is available on our website at leadersource.org under Models, and it's in several languages. Here we've been unpacking those truths for you as a leader and as a designer. Last time we emphasized the priority of the teaching of the Word of God. In part two of this principle, we will emphasize how to make it effective in building leaders. There are several subpoints. Here's the first one For God's Word to be properly taught, several things need to be happening. There must be both the teaching of the Word and personal relationship with the leader. Really? For everyone? Well, no. This is only true for those you want to build deeply to become effective leaders of the church. This comes right from Paul's teaching in his second letter written to his spiritual son, Timothy. It is found in chapter 3, verses 10 through 17. He says, You, Timothy, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me. See, Timothy knew about all of that. And we jump to verse 15. He says, But as for you, Timothy, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. Just reading Paul's letters could help any believer. But Timothy could say he knew Paul. And that does something. He had seen his teacher's lifestyle and character even in times of significant physical and emotional suffering. And what did this do to Timothy as an emerging leader? This is so important. It pushed the teachings of Paul from Timothy's mind deep down into his heart. They went from being truths that Timothy knew and could think about and even preach about to being convictions that he based his life on. Look at the verse that shows this. Continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of knowing from whom you have learned them. 2 Timothy 3.14 He went from learning the truth to becoming convinced of the truth. This deep embracing of truth was so important for Timothy as a leader because he was already surrounded with many negative examples and false teachers and others who would accuse them of teaching the wrong thing. And Timothy's future was likely going to include suffering. 
And if an emerging leader does not have the convictions in his heart, he will compromise when he faces sufferings or challenges. So here's a question. What was the key thing in Timothy's shift from knowing things to being convinced? It is that he knew Paul personally. So it's like Paul is saying, Tim, remember, it's me that you've learned these things from. You know me in my life. And so you've become convinced of the truth of my teaching. Here we have a combination of the instructional, relational, and experiential principles. Think about this from the learner's perspective. Timothy heard Paul's teaching. He watched and experienced Paul's real life, even sharing in it himself and sometimes suffering with him. And through this, the seed of truth was pushed very deep into his heart. A real conviction was planted, so he knew it was real. Now, for all these 18 principles, the opposite of them is also true. When we fail to give emerging leaders our hearts and lives as teachers of God's word, we may be diminishing the convincing apologetic power that young leaders need when doubts arise. So, teaching happens best with a personal relationship with the teacher. Here's a second mini principle. There must be engagement. This means that when you are teaching God's word, you must keep in view that the goal of teaching is a change in behavior of the learners. Friends, if this is your goal, it will change how you prepare your teaching, how you give it, and how you pray for it. You definitely will pray more if you believe this is the goal of your teaching. I mean, if merely giving a teaching is your goal, you wouldn't need to pray much because you're pretty much in control of that. But if the goal is transformation of the listeners, then you will be dependent on God, especially knowing how many distractions people have in their lives or their disbelief or just a lack of being submitted to God. Here is the best, shortest quote from our document today. Quote, listening is not learning, unquote. And if it is not, then speaking is not necessarily teaching. It is just only one part of the process. Another mini principle. The best teaching will often be an interactive dialogue between the learner and the teacher, not an endless monologue. This is only hard because our church cultures have trained both teachers and listeners to use that model almost exclusively. People sitting and listening to a teacher's long talk is only one model. It is not a sanctified, ordained way to teach God's word. Imagine Jesus getting his disciples together and saying, Okay, guys, 
Are you ready to change the world? Here's how you do it. Go get a big crowd of people to come to a large sitting area and have them sit for an hour. They don't have to do anything. They just sit there and listen. They don't have to think of any questions or ask any questions. And all you need to do is talk continuously for 60 minutes. Then people will be changed. But there will be lots of pressure on you, so you need to think a lot about some great stuff that you want to say. <laughs> well, thankfully, Jesus did not do that. He did not say that. The Word of God was all the teachings of Jesus wherever he went, and it came in many forms, including asking questions, answering questions, stories, explaining and debating scriptures, and challenging interactions with others. One well-known pastor in our country has learned to stay after church each week for one hour of questions and answers on the sermon because he has understood that the teaching of the Word of God includes that. All right, friends, there are still a few more mini-principles about how to properly teach the Word of God in our building of leaders, but this is the Burst Leadership Podcast, not the Marathon Podcast. I want you to have the chance to digest these truths, so we will pick it up next time. Remember, in all your teaching of God's Word, to go with God and have a great day. This has been the Burst Leadership Podcast. For more resources on healthy leadership, check out our website, leadersource.org.